Father, we thank you um, for this morning. Lord, we just want to lift Paul up to you at this moment. Father, we, we hope he's um, doing okay. And Father, we just pray that you keep your hand of protection over him at this time. And Father, we thank you for Graham um, and his willingness to step in and uh, share with us this morning. We pray um, that he will encourage us through the words that you've put on his heart. Yeah, and just, uh, yeah, teach us something new this morning, we pray. Amen. 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 Thanks very much. Good morning, everyone. Uh, so I'm going to do my best to deputise for Paul and uh, finish off this series that we've been following for quite a while now as the Israelites have come out of Egypt and they've travelled through the land. They've had a whole range of things happen, different challenges and trials and adventures, and they are now quite uh, a bit further on and they're about to enter the land that they've been aiming for. But let's just recap a little bit on the wider context and why we're looking at this whole journey at the moment. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years earlier in the story, God had made a promise to one man, to Abraham. And then it was to Abraham and his family. And it was a promise about the family becoming a nation, about the nation enjoying God's help and favour, and the nation being able to occupy the very land where Abraham was at the time. And remember, he's a one man, he's childless, and God's speaking to him about being a nation that's like the stars or the sand, that many people. And he holds on to the thing that God has said to him. He trusts God to the extent that God can do something that was so mind-blowingly impossible for Abraham to do on his own. So then we get a whole series of adventures through Abraham's family, down through the generations, and eventually the family moved down to Egypt to escape a famine. In Egypt, they begin to grow and to increase. And we picked up the story 400 years after that, where there are now uh, quite possibly several million, we're not sure exactly, um, but quite possibly several million people, but they are enslaved to the Egyptians. So God sends Moses, he rescues them out of that situation with an incredible array of, of miracles. And um, what he's doing in that is he's helping the, the Israelite people to learn to trust him as their God, the only God, and for them to change from being a nation of slaves to being a nation who can occupy their own land, who can live prosperously there, who can plant and reap a harvest, can have food for their families, they can become um, well-established, they can have peace, and they can have a level of prosperity. All that is, um, they have to be prepared for all of that. And so this journey through the desert, which should only have taken a few weeks, actually has taken 40 years because um, the original nation was set to, to enter and, you know, in strict theological terms, they bottled it. And they, they said, no, we can't do this. It's too difficult. So God said, okay, just going to have to wait for a new generation to come along. So here we are, 40 years later, we've got a new generation. They've been wandering around the desert and uh, God has supplied for them every day 
and we read that they saw other miracles. Their clothes didn't wear out, there wasn't sickness, there was no plague that went through the, the camp, like we've had COVID, it's not exactly a plague, but it hasn't done people a lot of good. And they finally get to the point of being ready to enter. And then Moses dies. The guy who's been leading them all that time, he dies and his young assistant Joshua takes over. So we pick up the story here at the beginning of the book, uh, which is named after Joshua. Early the next morning, this is Joshua chapter 3, early the next morning Joshua and all the Israelites left the Acacia Grove and arrived at the banks of the Jordan River where they camped before crossing. Three days later, the Israelite officers went through the camp giving these instructions to the people. When you see the Levites carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, move, move out from your positions and follow them. Since you've never travelled this way before, they will guide you. Stay about half a mile behind them, keeping a clear distance between you and the Ark. Make sure you don't come any closer. And I just want to make two quick points from this. The first is, we need to see this story in its context. That's why I ran through all that preamble. Because they are about to see the promise of God fulfilled. They, they've got to do quite a bit of work still. They have to fight their way through the country. And you can read about that in Joshua and um, all that goes on. But they're about to see the fulfillment of a promise that they as a people have held on to for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. We in the church are in a, a very, very tiny situation where we're moving from one phase into another phase of our life, a new section of our lives, if you like. We're coming out of COVID, we've got new leadership developing, we're changing buildings. And that's really, really short term. But it is definitely something that the Lord has been taking us into. And there's preparation that's gone on. And in this period of waiting, let's not miss the preparation. Sometimes we get a bit tired and we just think, well, why isn't it happening more quickly? Why aren't these people doing that? And why aren't those people doing this? And yeah, those are all reasonable questions. But over and above that, you have to say, what is God doing in this? And the question for us is, we see what God's doing here because we can read back through the whole story and we can, we can get a, a picture and we can read commentary on the story that other people have thought about. Nobody can do that for us because we're in the middle of our own story. Let's not lose sight of the fact that this is a story that God is taking us through. We are his church. We don't just do things because we think it's a good idea. We do things because we are following him, just like they were instructed to follow the Ark of the Covenant, which at the time for them represented God's presence. We don't have an Ark. We're aiming to follow the Holy Spirit in his direction. But that's the first point. Second point is this. The Israelites were told not to get close to the Ark. Stay a half a mile distant. And I think what that was for was so that they didn't treat God's presence casually. They didn't just think, oh yeah, we're doing this because we've, we've done it before. They'd, they'd been through a sea before or an expanse of water, whatever it was that they went through when they came out of Egypt. They're going through another one here. This is, a, this is a major point of crossing. And you see this image again a bit later on, or quite a lot later on actually, with uh, 
two guys called uh, Elijah and Elisha. And uh, you can read the story, it's in near the beginning of Two Kings, I think. And you can read the story and see what happens there when uh, one of them crosses the river and the river parts for him to cross. And then he gets taken to heaven, his assistant, who's prayed for uh, kind of a double portion of, of what Elijah had. Elisha comes back and says, okay, let's see if God is with me. And he sees the river part. So the river parting is a really, really strong image. It shows that God is with them. And this half mile distance that they were asked to keep, I think, speaks about their reverence and their, their willingness to honour God in the process. What that looks like for us, I think, is just not treating God lightly, not taking him for granted, but listening carefully and following the sense of direction that he gives us. So that's it for us following the story of uh, this particular group of people as they went through a massive period of change. Uh, we're going through a period of change and I think there's an encouragement to all of us to, one, see that God's in charge of the change. And if you're feeling a bit lost in it, let's go back to him. Let's get our eyes onto him. Let's ask him what's going on. And the second thing is, let's treat him with reverence. Let's not treat him casually. Let's treat him with love and with reverence and with all respect. Let's pray. And then we're going to hand back to, to Joe and Ellie. Father, thank you that you took this massive group of people through the whole process. Thank you that you're taking us through a process which is, it's not exactly the same, but it is a process of change. And we thank you for guidance, we thank you for security, and we thank you for help, and we thank you for an outcome that will be above and beyond all that we can ask or imagine. Amen.